from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, do not take false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Last evening, it was my delight to confirm 20 of our eighth graders right here. Uh, the bishop gave me delegation, and as we had that beautiful moment of calling down the Holy Spirit, instead of a kind of a usual homily, just kind of talking to uh, the confirmandi, I actually went and did the traditional testing, the quizzing, right? I did. So they're going to have a little quiz on things we had gone over, but just basic catechesis of confirmation. After Mass, one of the family members said to me, it's a wonderful uh, confirmation, the Spirit was here and alive, but those questions you asked the kids, those were difficult. <laughs> and she said, I don't think many people in the congregation even knew those. I said, oh no, I said, you've come to St. Dominic's, home of Dominican preaching. I'd have every expectation that my congregation would know the answer to these questions. So I thought this morning, we'd try it out. <laughs> Are you ready to play a little game this morning? Are you smarter than an eighth grader? Catholic edition. <laughs> All right, so here we go. So the first question is, do you know what the words of confirmation are? The words that make the sacrament happen, the words that call down the Holy Spirit. For example, this is not a trick question. In baptism, the words that bring the life of Christ into the soul are the words, I baptize you in the name of the and of the and of the Holy Spirit. Very good. We know how to do that. So when the priest or the deacon baptizes, that's when the Holy Spirit begins that new life in Christ. Okay, the Eucharist, just another example. And the priest, whatever else is said. At the altar, myself, Father James, any priest echoes the words of Christ. When does it stop being bread and start being our Lord Jesus? When he says, this is my, this is my body. And then he takes the chalice and says, this is my, okay, very good. So we have, that's the essential words. Now for confirmation, what are those same essential words? Is it, I confirm you or, or, or the, I'm going to give you, I'll, I'll be easy on it. We'll do multiple choice. Here are the two choices, A and B. A is, I lay hands and then anoint with oil, and I say, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, or B, be sealed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In other words, 
A, it's singular gift. B, it's plural, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Raise your hand if you think it's A, it's singular. Be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Raise those hands. Very good. If you are raising your hand, pat yourself on the back. You are correct. <laughs> and why? Because in confirmation, we don't receive something. We receive someone. The very life of the Holy Spirit. Not just the gifts of the Holy Spirit, per se, but the very gift that the Holy Spirit is. One of the names, the proper names for the Spirit is gift. Gift. Enlivening our minds and our hearts. And in the gospel, we hear Jesus say, it's not enough just to follow the Ten Commandments. We have to be following the spirit of the commandments. Not enough not to kill someone, but if you say with hate in your heart, I wish you were dead, you've transgressed the spirit of the commandment. Not enough just to not commit adultery if in your mind and heart you are unfaithful to a spouse, someone you promised to be faithful, you've transgressed the commandment. Not enough not to simply make a false oath or tell a lie under oath, you know, in a trial or something, but to mislead and to mean something that you don't, to manipulate, you've transgressed the commandment. And as humans, we're not perfect, we're frail. We need more than just our normal strength and virtue to not only keep the commandments, but the spirit of the commandments. And that is why the gift of the Holy Spirit enables us to truly not just follow the commandments, to be enlivened, to be renewed, to follow the spirit behind the commandments, unless your righteousness exceeds those of the Pharisees. Unless it gets to the heart, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So that's why we've been given by our confirmation. Now, having said that, we receive the great gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, he doesn't bring just one sort of virtue or a charism. He brings lots of them. So, truth be told, he does bring gifts. There are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So if you held off on that question, someone before Mass, at the last Mass, said, Father, you tricked me. I knew there were gifts of the Holy Spirit. I said, fair enough. So how many gifts are there? Because when the Holy Spirit comes as the gift, he brings a kind of plurality of gifts to awaken our mind and our heart. How many are there? Multiple choice again. Are there A, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, or B, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit? So seven or nine. So those who think there are seven, A, raise your hand if you think there's seven gifts. Oh, very good, exactly. Once again, pat yourself on the back. You're going to notice a trend that I'm rewarding early participation <laughs> when it comes to multiple choice. <laughs> notice a pattern here. Yes, seven full gifts of the Holy Spirit. And what do they give us? They enlighten our minds and our hearts. They give us Holy Spirit vision. There are three that give us Holy Spirit vision to see the world in a way. And then there are three which help our heart to engage in Holy Spirit action. So vision and action. Three for vision, three for action, and one which connects the two. So the three for action are fortitude or courage. And we know what that is, right? To be able to do the right thing, even when it's not the easy thing. Piety, which is a way of acting with respect to those who have given us things we can't possibly repay. 
God, teachers, mentors, parents, we kind of owe them in terms of our action a kind of respect. And then fear the Lord, which is not a fear of being punished by God. I did something bad, now I'm paralyzed by shame, or I'm just cringing in fear that God will strike me with lightning. No, that's not fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is a kind of appropriate, holy anxiety that we might be cut off from God, that we might not be able to connect with the source of life. My little analogy for this is a few years ago, right, we were all quarantined, right? We all had to stay in place and whatnot. What a bummer that was, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we found silver linings as we were able, but I said, imagine being quarantined from God's love. That's more than a bummer. <laughs> Fear of the Lord <laughs> recognizes that we can self-quarantine from God's love. And fear of the Lord helps us to break out of that. Like the apostles who were in that locked upper room to break out. That first gift they got was the fear of the Lord to break out of their little room and to be connected to the presence of God. So those are the three for the heart. Courage, piety, fear of the Lord. The one that connects mind and heart is counsel. Not just knowing what's right, but how to apply it in the particular situation. A kind of culmination of the gift of, of the virtue of prudence in that way. So to be able to get counsel, the spirit directing us, a kind of Catholic intuition or a spiritual intuition to not just knowing but doing. And then we come to Holy Spirit vision, the three gifts that enlighten our mind, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Now I could say, what's the difference between wisdom, understanding, and knowledge? And I have to say, I taught confirmation for many, many years, even before I was a priest, it was always kind of difficult because like, what's wisdom? Well, wisdom is kind of like when you understand. Oh, okay, what's understanding? Well, it's kind of when you know. Well, what's knowledge? Well, it's kind of being wise. It's like, okay, we're in a, we're a bit of a circle here. We don't really know what any of these are. So here's my illustration. Hopefully you'll never forget it. And it's based on maps. How many of you use Google Maps or what, what Apple Maps? We all know what that is. Now, when you're engaging in the map app, there are different perspectives you can have. There's the kind of highest view, which is called what? Satellite view. You can get like an overview of the whole city. You put in San Francisco, the whole city, everything, right? That's wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to see the world the way God sees it. Satellite view. How providence is interconnected in our lives. How daily struggles in a sense, we'll pass, right? There's a bigger, broader perspective out there. There's the satellite view. Next, if you click in a little bit, if you want to get from your home to St. Dominic's, you don't get satellite view, right? That's too broad. What do you want? You want traffic view. It's the quickest, most direct way to get from your home to here. And sometimes, sometimes you have to take an alternate route, right? Traffic view tells you there's a green or there's the red or the yellow, depending on that. Usually gives you alternatives, depending on if you want the shortest or the quickest or whatnot. That's understanding. Understanding is traffic view. That is the ability not to see the world the way God sees it, but understanding is the ability to see God in the world, to see where God is moving, to see where there's green light, whether it's calling me forward here, or there's red light. There's a bit of a barrier, a bit of an obstacle. Our selfishness is being involved. It's the ability to see God in our daily life, to notice, to give thanks, be grateful, and to 
honestly admit and humbly admit where we missed the mark, where we've instead gone down the wrong way <laughs> when we're stuck in a little a dead end in our lives. So that's understanding the ability to see God in the world. And then finally, what's the most particular view on Google Maps? Not satellite view, not traffic view, it's street view. Exactly, street view. What do you see on street? You see particular houses, the bushes, the trees. You've ever, I don't know if you've ever seen street view of here, right? You know, it's parking is, it's like the, no parking spots in front of the church all filled up, right? So street view, that's knowledge. Knowledge is the ability to see God's creation and to truly see it as the work of God. And that truth is our connection, our mind's connection with what really is. God is a source of reality. To be able to have insight into reality and how necessary this is, right? We live in an age where people say, what's truth? Whatever my mind creates, whatever my reality is true for me. What's true for me is true for me. And no one can say that. It's totally subjective, totally relative. Well, how both uninteresting and false that is, <laughs> right? Truth is our mind's correspondence to reality, not the other way around. We're not the authors of reality. We don't shape reality. We're shaped by reality. And knowledge is that gift of the spirit that comes alive to see how all of God's creation has its own inner workings has its own sense of life, or its own sense of essence, or what it is, and to study it, to discover it, and ultimately to refer back to God himself. So, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, satellite traffic, street view, I hope you never forget it. This brings us to the, the final question. When it comes to the gift, which is the Holy Spirit, and the gifts, they give us Holy Spirit vision, Holy Spirit action, we might think, like a virtue or a habit, it's just a matter of us doing it. Be courageous, be wise, be prudent. That's not true for the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's only one way that I know to engage the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts from the gift giver, and that is to do what? To ask, <laughs> to pray. To say those three words, those three powerful words which God always answers, come, Holy Spirit. Because a gift is not something we're in control of. A gift is given. From our perspective, it's received. And so this week, let us, as we rejoice in those who are just confirmed, for those of us who are confirmed, let's begin to live that, huh? My final question, who wants to live the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life? Raise your hand. All right, very good. Got a few people back there. I know you probably had rotator cuff soreness. I, under, I understand. That's okay. No, in your heart, you were raising your hand. That's fine. All right. We all want that. We all want the gift of the Holy Spirit to come on. So what are we going to say? We're going to say what? Come, Holy Spirit. What are we going to say? Come, Holy Spirit. And whatever gift you anticipate needing that day, Come fill me with wisdom to see the big picture here. I'm struggling, Lord. Help me. Come, Holy Spirit, and give me understanding to see those God moments in my life. Fill me with the knowledge I need, that counsel to be prudent in every way. The fear of the Lord, which is that gravity to you, that sense of piety to honor and respect those who have given me what I cannot possibly repay. Give me the courage I need to stand and to live as a Catholic, that we may radiate joy of the gospel, 
here in the heart of the city. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.